Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining us. How's it going, everybody? So today was not what we expected, that's for sure. No, it wasn't, but I appreciate everyone's flexibility in us planning for uh, service and then not having it. So um, we're thankful for that. Yeah, it's, and it was not our plan. We had fully planned on having services this morning, but just there were some things outside of our control that, that came crashing down like 8 a.m. this morning, and I really? got on the phone with Billy, and we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And mm -hmm. we had to make a quick decision, so yeah, thanks for that. And, you know, I appreciate Pastor Lowell reaching out to me, especially as we just try to process how best to move forward into the future with everything that's going on with Centerpoint Bible Church and really in our country as well. So we want to kind of highlight just a few things, sort of, I guess, current events for Centerpoint. Sure. We already hit this talk. morning, okay? Yeah. Second thing, I guess, is what did you have for lunch? I mean, that's a pretty big current <laughs> event. Well, uh, I, I've got no problem telling you that I had biscuits and sausage gravy Ooh. and some fried potatoes and nothing healthy. I, I had a Chick-fil-A Chick sandwich. The Sam's, what? No, the How Sam's you version. It? You just throw it in the microwave for 90 seconds. It is, is it, is it say Chick-fil-A on no, it? No, it doesn't. It says like country fried chicken sandwich. Okay, because for a second I was like, I think I'm going to be going Listen, to Sam's Club. You should try them. They're really not that bad. A little plug for Sam's Club yes, there. Yeah. So. so that's, one. That's I guess, one and a half current events. <laughs> um, the second thing is this. If you, if you haven't heard yet, we got word that because of all this stuff with the coronavirus thing, um, we're not going to meet at Faith Christian Academy for at least the next three or maybe even four weeks. That's right. That's right. So what that means for us is probably the last time for us to be at Faith Christian Academy was last week. And we really wanted to have a final meeting just to be able to uh, celebrate all that Faith Christian Academy has allowed us to do on their property and uh, just really be a blessing to them and just celebrate that moment. It didn't quite happen as we wanted to, but we're saying it now, how thankful we are for Faith Christian Academy opening their doors to us and giving us, I thought about it, 10 months, 10 months where we could worship together as a church family. Mm -hmm. And you know, God's timing is perfect because tomorrow, Monday, the contractor is supposed to start on our building renovations. And he's saying it's, we're probably going to be ready in about three weeks. And so it's perfect timing. <laughs> perfect, perfect timing because now we're going to have to do some work ourselves, but it looks like probably about the time that we're going we're gonna to have the freedom to meet in larger groups. That's right. Our building will be ready to roll. That's right. So, he's going to, the builder is going to be doing his portion, and then he's going to allow us the freedom to do what we've uh, agreed to do, and we can put many people's hands to work and using people's gifts and talents to be able to make Centerpoint Bible Church uh, a great building, especially when we start to meet. And we really need some help. So when, when those emails and text messages come out to come help painting and that kind of stuff, um, we, we're going to need lots of people to mm -hmm. kind of knock that out. Yeah. We want to just highlight a couple of announcements, too, because we do would have done Let's that do this it. morning. But first of all, we got the fifth Sunday outreach coming, Lord willing, mm -hmm. uh, the last Sunday of this month, March 29th. Give us just a snippet of what we're going to be doing that day. Well, two main things we're going to be doing. One will be the feeding that's going to be in Martinsburg, and we've been doing that consistently, and we have a, a pretty good system going, uh, but we need helpers for it. And I think there's a sign-up genius that you can you can uh, jump on that and uh, and join into that. Also, in just right where we're actually at TJ Jackson Drive right now, we're in the new building. So 
Across the way is going to be some yard cleanup, and we have a banner going out for a free yard cleanup. So we'll need a couple teams of people to jump in on that, uh, some people that are actually doing the work, and some people that are interacting with the, the homeowners in order to let them know why we're doing what we do, and that's to point people to Jesus Christ and His Word. So there's two main things happening on March 29th. Okay, then right around the corner after that, we have Easter Sunday, and well, Easter weekend. We've got some pretty cool things happening. Mm -hmm. Easter egg hunt on Saturday. That's right. That's mm -hmm. April 11th, I think. Uh, yes, April, uh, Saturday, April 11th. There we go. 10 o'clock. Some uh, check us if that's yes. not correct. I think it's 10 o'clock. Yes, 10 o'clock. All right. And then on Easter Sunday, sunrise service. That's going to be great. We're going to have a sunrise service right here in the parking lot. That'll be awesome. Yeah, and then the sun comes up, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Just looking out over the parking Every lot. Every day the sun comes up. Do you know the up. time for the sunrise service? Sunrise. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't even have it on my notes here. Well, we're going to say it's between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. Somewhere in there, yeah. We'll get more concise later on. And then we have our Easter service at 9.30 that morning. So, yes. yeah, neat things coming. And then one more thing I want to mention, and that's the ladies' ministry. Uh, they're putting together a trip to go to Sight and Sound to see Esther. Now, that's not until August 7th, which is a ways off. But you need to make your decision, of ladies, if you're going to be part of that um, soon. And let me encourage you, if you've never been to Sight and Sound, it is awesome. Uh, I've been there a couple times, and I've left encouraged and spiritually enriched every time I've seen a show performed. Uh, the last one I saw was with Jesus, uh, the life of Jesus, and I left there with a better understanding of all that Jesus went through just by watching that show. So it's a good opportunity. I definitely think you should take, it, take yourself up on that. Well, we're in the middle of a series right now through part of the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation scares people, okay? They're like, oh man, monsters coming out of the sea and numbers <laughs> on foreheads. And, and certainly we could spend time talking about that, but what we're focusing on as a church body is Revelation chapters 1 through 5. And we've been studying this together. The way we do it at Centerpoint is we, we choose books of the Bible and we go chapter by chapter, paragraph by paragraph, verse by verse, and just understand what, what God is communicating to us. Right. Um, we don't have any kind of special insight. We'll just talk about what the Bible says. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what God wants us to do. Go into the Bible, study it, and expose what He wants to say in His Word to us, and then we just relay it to you. We don't think of what we want to say and then find areas in the Bible that support it. We only want to go by what God's Word says and then just share that. Whether we, whether we like it or not, some things are tough. Some things are easy, but, and we'll learn about, a little bit about that today. So where we're at now is at Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And um, last week, Pastor Brock dealt with Revelation 2, 1 through 7, the church in Ephesus. But today we're talking about the church that was in the city of Smyrna. Um, and as I think about this passage, what it's, what it's communicating to us is the power of persecution. Hmm. Now, that's a little bit odd, right? Uh, it doesn't really seem as if it's a pleasant thing. But... Yeah, yeah. The power of persecution in our life. Hmm. How God uses persecution in a believer's life is what we, that's what we can learn from mm -hmm. the letter to the church in Smyrna. Mm -hmm. I do want to say, you know, every week we've been dealing with Revelation, we do a taste of eschatology. 
just a taste, a taste of the little of the things that that it that it continues to describe through the book of Revelation. And, and for sake of time, I just want to briefly just mention that once we get past chapter three, the events of the future begin to be laid out. And um, it can seem scary to people. I'm not going to take that away from us. Um, we see the tribulation and the, the judgment of God and the wrath of God. But what I want us to, for our taste of eschatology today, the thing I want us to realize is in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all the, you know, just the fog of the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. God is still showing his grace. He's, I mean, there are things Always. that happen. Yeah, there are things that happen in Revelation chapter 14 that describe, first of all, there's 144,000 witnesses, like believers, followers of Jesus, that are on the earth when all this stuff is happening, mm-hmm. and they're living for Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the first sort of taste of eschatology that's flavored with grace, okay? This strange taste. It's, yeah. Sprinkled. <laughs> okay. And the, the second thing is that there's an angel flying around preaching the gospel, in Revelation 14, verse 6, it says, Another angel flying directly overhead with the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth. Mm. I mean, God's desire is to reach people. That is right. He's not willing that any would perish. And so even in the midst of what is arguably, well, there is no argument. This is the most difficult time in all of history, mm. the, the last few chapters of Revelation. Through that, God's grace is there. Well, let's go back to Revelation 2. Um, you want to read it for us? Yes, I, I would love to. I would yeah. love to. Yeah, so it's I've, 8 through 11. I have the NIV, although we normally use the ESV. This is one of my favorite Bibles. So it says in Revelation 2, I'll be reading from verse 8 to verse 11. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they're Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. Now, these are pretty tough words to hear. You know, we've got got things like Satan. We've got things like prison. We've got things like death. But we've got to recognize that these are people in a real city. These are real people. In a real city called Smyrna, it's in Asia Minor, okay, there's there's seven churches that are addressed in the book of Revelation, right right. right there in modern-day Turkey, and what has happened is Jesus has asked the Apostle John to give this this letter to the pastor, likely, of that church in Smyrna. Mm -hmm. So these are real people. I mean, they're similar to us in a lot of ways. Right. Well, there's a bunch of believers that are gathering together. Uh, they, They do have leadership. They have pastors and deacons, um, they're, they're all submissive to Christ. They're unified under Jesus Christ. I mean, that's really the only thing that brings any group of people together is Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all followers of Jesus, but things are different for them. Mm-hmm. And what the main thing that's different is it, Christianity is kind of a brand new thing. I mean, there is no real history 
that that we have. No, you have you have the history of Judaism and all that, but of the church, it's brand new. Right. We have all this history, but they did not. They did not. Mm-hmm. They did There's not. A difference. And they are surrounded by a culture that's opposed to them. And in the midst of that, what we see is that Jesus is he is victorious and he is aware. Listen to what it says. To the, to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. Hmm. Definitely, you cannot, you cannot get around the fact that that is talking about Jesus Christ, the man Jesus Christ. That's right. And that's a huge issue in, this, in the day when this mm-hmm. was written. How can Jesus be both God and man? Right. This, that was a huge issue in the first church, in mm-hmm. the early church, that is. You know, what, how is this possible? I mean, it's not like I understand it today completely. Right. We call it the hypostatic union. But you see it here because the words of the first and the last. Okay. Which demonstrates that he is God. God. He who died and came to life. Demonstrates that he is man. So you got both pieces, mm-hmm. fully God, fully man, crammed into one person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the wonder of the Incarnation, the mm-hmm. miracle of the Incarnation, mm-hmm. the mystery of the Incarnation. Mm-hmm. So, but he's victorious. Look what it says, who died and came to life. Mm-hmm. He's beaten death. I mean, de- death is always horrible. And I know always. That, I know that we, you know, well, just to, before I reference death, I know that we say often in everything that we do, pointing people to Jesus Christ and his word, and although it is true that this is what we believe, we read all of Scripture and we see doctrinally that this is true, but there's also a, a comforting factor. That, a doctrinal that comes, comfort. Yeah, a doctrinally, doctrinally comforting to know that God has got everything under control, and this is his plan, and his plan was to use his son Jesus to become a man to save us. And to beat death. We don't have that, to fear. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, the reference of death, I think of Genesis in the beginning when there was no death, and what brought death into the world was, was man. Man's choice brought death into the world. And even in Genesis, although we're reading in Revelation, from Genesis, he, God calls out that he will make a way. He will make a way. And he's pointing to Jesus, his son Jesus. So. so Jesus is victorious over death, and that's important for these Smyrna believers to know because mm-hmm. they're facing it. Mm-hmm. And listen, a lot of people right now in our country, in our world, are they're very afraid of death. I mean, any media influence you have right now is yeah. talking about the number of deaths here, the number of deaths there. People are afraid of this coronavirus. They're afraid of of becoming sick. They're 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 panicking mm-hmm. and. The comfort that we get from the letter written to the church in Smyrna is Jesus has conquered death. Death comes unexpected, it comes untimely, and it even seems unfair, but Jesus beat it. Right. I think of Psalm 20, and I can't remember, I think it might be verse 6, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Hmm. So there there is a definite contrast there, even in that verse of trusting in the physical world, and yes, yet trusting, we are called to trust in the eternity, in the eternal world, the Spirit of God, because we trust in His name only. And the other, last thing we we'll say before we take a little break sure. is that He's victorious, He's also aware. It says, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, and Jesus says, I know your tribulation. I know your your poverty. I know the slander that's come against you. Mm-hmm. He's not just victorious. 
He is completely aware of what's going on in his children's lives. Yeah. That's pretty comforting. Centerpoint Bible Church, a vision born in the gymnasium of Spring Mills Middle School to reach the Spring Mills community. With a vision of pointing others to Jesus Christ and His Word, reaching out to the surrounding communities and supporting missions around the world, while at the same time teaching, preaching, and reaching out in an effort to create intimacy with God, community with others, and influence in our world. And now, through the generosity of our partners in Christ and the dedication and support of the membership of the church, Centerpoint prepares to return to the Spring Mills area. To push our ministries to new levels, to plant roots deep in the Spring Mills community, to help build the future of the fastest growing area of the fastest growing county in the state of West Virginia. Join now and invest in that vision. Be part of the building blocks to the creation of a growing, thriving community of believers for generations to come as we prepare to unleash the power of the gospel message to be the epicenter of the Spring Mills community. New location, new responsibilities, new look, same time-tested vision of pointing others to Jesus Christ and His Word. Centerpoint Bible Church. You know, this is something that you and I do a lot. We, if you don't know it, we put out a podcast every single week. We do. It feels a lot like this, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, it's actually of the Lord because we've been doing the podcast for about three years, and we get pretty used to just interacting with one another. And, the difference uh, is we don't always have the right. Camera. I've got to try to yeah. make sure that I that we <laughs> that we look in the camera and such. But we normally do have a, a microphone right here, and we have just our our notes and such and. Uh, it's enabled us to be a little bit more relaxed and be able to talk with one another and to be able to be honest about God's Word and, and look at it for what it really is. Let's go back to Smyrna. So Smyrna is a Roman city, okay? It's, it, some say, I mean, historians tell us that it was identified as the most beautiful city yeah. in Asia Minor. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's striking about it is it had a, it had a literal street of gold. Interesting. And the, the street went to basically a, a mountain, a hill, that was all about um, pagan temple worship. Hmm. Um, a huge thing in the city of Smyrna was the worship of the Roman emperor. So these Christians are there in Smyrna. They are surrounded by, by really um, two groups of people that, that are going to affect them in this passage. The Romans, who are insisting that they worship the Roman emperor. Right. If you don't, it's punishable by death. And then there's, there's a pretty large segment of Jewish people there. And the Jewish people at this point, they weren't too crazy about the church. Right. They saw it as a, a group that was kind of taken over their past, their history, mm -hmm. their control, their, mm -hmm. their religion. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to stomp out mm -hmm. Christianity. You see that in the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, the Romans wanted to, they wanted the Christians to worship their gods, their emperor, and, and the Christians wouldn't. And so these things have brought a huge amount of persecution mm. to these Smyrna believers. Mm -hmm. And so here's what Jesus says. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, 
but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil was about to throw some of you into prison, and you may be tested. For ten days you'll have tribulation, but be faithful unto death. I feel as if when we read Revelation, we pull ourselves back a little bit, and it becomes a little bit more scholarly, and we don't place ourselves in uh, emotionally or, um, or compassionately in where the Church of Smyrna is, or well, where are these, these other churches? We just read it and then go buy right. it, go buy it. They they seem so otherworld. Right, it's right. like a makeup land. You know what I mean? It's right. like this is a, this is a fairy tale. This is not a fairy tale. These are real people, mm-hmm. and they're they're experiencing tribulation. That word it means pressure. Okay, mm-hmm. they they have a lot of pressure on them, and it it's coming kind of in three parts. You've got this persecution that's being described here. Later on, you're going to be tested, thrown in the prison. Okay, they are opposed by the Jewish community that's lying about them, slander that's coming their way. And then the, the Roman sort of system is marginalizing them. Right. It says that they're in poverty. That word poverty, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, they don't have a whole lot of money. It right. doesn't mean that, you know, they don't have extra cash this month. Mm-hmm. It means that they're destitute. Yeah. They have no way of providing right. for themselves. An inability for them to take care of themselves. Yeah. And so... I mean, I, when I read this, I reason to understand that what's happened is, because they are Christians, their, their ability to provide for themselves, their means of provision mm-hmm. is, is taken away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a kind of thing like, you know, oh, you're almost like the, the Jews in Nazi Germany, you know, where if, if you're a Christian, then you can't buy or, buy or sell. I don't know what it was, but, but there was some thing going on in Smyrna mm-hmm. that kept them from providing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that this persecution, this, this poverty, this persecution that was happening, uh, it ended up being where the, the Romans wanted them to make a decision to either worship the emperor or they would die. Mm-hmm. And I, I know just in a little bit of research that before they kind of overlooked that a little bit, but then it came to a head where they were really, put, really putting people's feet to the fire. Well, yeah, see, what would happen is when the Romans would take over a, a place um, or have a, you know, an area, that cities or whatever, and they had Jewish people there, um, they knew the Jews were monotheistic, and so there was a time when they would sort of excuse the Jewish people from the emperor worship, mm-hmm. okay? But what, what I, when I read this and it says that, the Jew, that you're, they're being slandered by the Jewish people, mm-hmm. one of the things that I think this definitely could have been is the Jewish people going to the Roman authorities and saying, they're not part of us. Mm-hmm. These Christians are not part of us. And they're accused. We do know from, from history the kind of things that they were accusing them of. They were accusing them of being cannibalistic because of the because communion. Of the Lord's, yeah, yeah, communion. The communion. Um, they would accuse them of, of just widespread immorality because of the way they would they greet each other, the holy kiss. Right. Okay, that was inappropriate to the to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, we we know here it was motivated by Satan, because the devil's going to throw them into prison. And this place that the Jews were meeting, a synagogue, it's not a synagogue of of true followers of of. Jehovah, Yahweh, mm-hmm. it's a synagogue of Satan. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, what pressure was upon mm-hmm. them. It kind of, it, it, it led to maybe a, a crescendo in Christian history. There's a guy named Polycarp. Isn't that your middle name? 
uh, I didn't want to tell <laughs> that's everyone. That's a strange but name, I is. know. But that, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> this guy named Polycarp. Um, he, was, he was a disciple of, John, of the Apostle John. Mm-hmm. And he died in Smyrna, a martyr's death. Burned at the stake because he would not recant. And when you read, I think about he was an he was an old man, wasn't oh, he? Yeah, he's yeah, old, very old. And on the way to the stake to bear, to burn him alive, the Roman authorities are saying, "Just recant. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to believe it. Understand? You didn't have to actually believe that the that the emperor was God. Mm-hmm. You just had to offer a sacrifice and eat some of the meat. That's mm-hmm. all you had to do. Mm-hmm. Belief didn't matter. Just go through the steps." And all the way there, they're saying to Polycarp, just recant. We see you are an old, pious man, is how one sort of translation expresses it. Mm-hmm. They're saying that to him, and, and he didn't. And, and he, went, he went to the stake, and he died there um, because he wouldn't deny Jesus. Now, I don't know. See, this says that there's going to be 10 days of, of tribulation. I don't believe that was Polycarp, per se, because mm-hmm. it happened sometime after this letter was written. But certainly it kind of represents what they were going through, mm. the persecution. Opposed, but they're approved. Mm-hmm. Look what it says. Read verse 9 for us. It says in verse 9, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you're rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a, of a synagogue of Satan. So they're rich. Yeah. And that really, you know, there's a compare and contrast. I don't know if this is the the right time to do it, but uh, you think of you think of Smyrna, and then you think of other other churches in Revelation. Yeah, I got it. Where it's it's a it's it's almost like uh, it's completely backwards. Yeah, it's it's Laodicea. Um, Jesus writes this letter to Laodicea, and we'll 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 study this together in a couple weeks. It's in chapter three, um, and Jesus says to them. You say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. But you don't realize you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, naked. Mm-hmm. So the church in Laodicea, they had wealth. Right. And Jesus says, y- you, are, you are impoverished. Hmm. The church in Smyrna, they say they don't have anything, even an inability to provide for themselves, and yet God calls them rich. So what's rich here? Does that mean they have secret money? Is this, if you follow God, he'll make you rich? Oh, no. my goodness, no. No, these people were dying. But here's what they had. They had salvation. Mm-hmm. They had grace. They had peace. They had mm-hmm. fellowship. They had the presence of God. When they're going through all of this, they had the presence of God with them. Mm-hmm. They had the Spirit of God residing in them as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that, that presence of God brings comfort a little bit like that doctrine doctrinally comforting yes yeah when you have when you have god in your life when you are worshiping the true and living god by putting your faith and trust in the finished work of jesus christ on the cross there is a peace that passes understanding there is a comfort that god gives us through that relationship with him to be able to handle even in the you know reading smyrna the suffering that they're going to be going through and the call that he has to just be faithful. Now, be and I faithful. want to say this. You know, I like you might hear that and think, man, I, I, could, I couldn't do this. I couldn't be faithful in the death. <laughs> I know that exact feeling. I read this and I think I, if I were in that situation, I would recant. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what we need to realize. God's grace is sufficient at the moment when we need it. We, 
you're not, God isn't giving you grace today to handle what's going to happen to you in five years. He's give, when the day comes, if we're in relationship with Jesus, a fellowship with him, his grace will be sufficient for that day. Paul prayed and said, oh, Lord, take away this, this thorn, right? Yeah, yeah. And God yeah. said, my grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. You, in, in your weakness, I'm made strong, mm-hmm. basically, God mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. So in the moment, when the moment comes, we'll have grace. Mm. We'll have grace. Well, just to wrap up this passage, it says here, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. So there's a reward promised to these Smyrna believers, and I think we can bring it into our life as well, okay? I, I totally believe so. Yeah, James talks about this same crown of life, and we need to recognize that there is a reward for those who live for Christ, and nothing can take it away. Mm-hmm. It's preserved, and it's eternal. Mm-hmm. Nothing can take away this crown of life, so be faithful. And I guess, you know, so as we're living out our life every day right now, and, and in, our, in our world, it's kind of scary, okay? It feels a little bit like, you know, anxiety is on yeah. an upswing. Yeah. Look, to, look to Christ right now, mm-hmm. and he'll give you the grace to handle this moment. Yeah. I think of the Apostle Paul when he uh, calls us to run that race, mm. run that race with perseverance. And he says, some do it to receive a perishable crown wreath but we an imperishable you know we have been guided and directed by god made alive by god through jesus christ and we are in that race and thankfully we have won we have won many things but he calls us to persevere in that race mm-hmm. for an imperishable crown not one that perishes and fades away i'm you know I'm, i know we're going a little long here we wanted to go but i want to say this i'm reminded of jim elliott yeah. So in 1956, Jim Elliott was a missionary down in Ecuador. Him and um, him and some of his friends, yeah, four. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. they were speared to death there um, by the Aka Indians in Ecuador. He wrote this in his journal. I think this is all the way back when he was in college. So this mm-hmm. was God preparing him for what would come. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Mm-hmm. In Christ, we have a great reward as we follow him in our and are faithful to him, he will be faithful always Mm -hmm. to us. Even when we're faithless, he's faithful. And that gives us a a little bit of a challenge to step outside of ourselves and seek to care for other people because we want to point them to Jesus Christ and his word. And that's exactly what Jim Elliott was saying. I, I can't keep this for myself. He's no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. We are called we're called to give the good news of Jesus Christ out to those that have ears to hear. You know, let's talk about that for a little bit right now for what's going on in our world. If you're still with us, I want to say a couple things. Listen, the world that we're in right now, the culture that is surrounding all of us, they're, they're afraid. I mean, go to Walmart. You can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, the shelves are empty of, of crazy things. Go to your neighbors and go to the people around you and let them know that what I've been saying, I'm going to my neighbors and I'm saying, listen, we run around all over the, all over the place. We're, we're on the go all the time. And my neighbors see that. Anything you need, you call and let me know. Here's my cell number. You call, you let me know, and we can run the store for you. We can, we can do whatever you need. You know, we, that's the kind of follower of Jesus we need to be right now. 
I mean, you kind of made this statement famous in our church, um, showing God's love in practical ways. Yeah, Ed, trademark only, Billy Hearn. <laughs> well, not original <laughs> to me, but I'll take uh, I'll take money for it. I'll so, I mean, isn't this a great time to do that? Yeah, I mean, we read God's word, but if we don't put, we don't put that into practice, we're fooling ourselves to just gather gather wisdom, gather knowledge, but never even, never, never give it to others, never use it in a compassionate way to point people to Jesus. And what is, what is more compassionate than, than going to your neighbor and saying, hey, if you need anything, let me know. I would like to come help you. Or if they are in need to come alongside them, well, maybe no one else would. You might say, well, how does that connect to Smyrna? Well, here's the thing. Living out the Great Commission and the Great Commandment is going to be costly. As we love God and love our neighbors and, and make every effort to take the gospel to the world around us, it's going to cost you. Mm. It might cost you convenience. It right. might cost you your extra water bottles. It might, right. it might cost you sickness. The Smyrna believers understood that following Jesus was costly, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we need to take away from that yeah. Smyrna passage. And, and it says in verse 10, it says, be faithful. Mm. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He's calling us to be faithful to, to him and his word, and not to our own selves and our own maybe fears or concerns. We be faithful to him because he's always faithful to us. He who has ears, let him hear that's exactly what right. the Spirit says to the churches. Mm-hmm. So that's our passage for today. Uh, we'll, we will get back to you soon about what we're going to do now that we've kind of lost our ability to meet as a large group um, in God's timing, it's actually a perfect time for us. It's actually a little bit exciting. It little, is. I'm, I'm a little bit, ex- have a tinge of excitement about what will happen in the next couple of weeks. It'll be good. It'll be unique. It'll be interesting. And I'm hoping that we'll actually have good fellowship with one another, even in a, an interesting we're, time. That we're, we're putting in. together a plan to work that out. Um, stay tuned. We'll let you know what it is through Facebook, through email. Um, we want to see the body of Christ coming together, and we'll probably do some more of these. Yeah, live we'll, we'll do. Things. Yeah, we'll do this. Yeah. And uh, if you want anything else, you, you're like some more uh, conversations with us over the Word. You can jump onto centerpointwv.org and click on the podcast section and listen to some of our podcasts. I don't know. We've done like 130 of them, I think. Um, the f- early ones are very interesting but the later ones are, are pretty good hey and you, uh, and you always wrap up a podcast and you should wrap up this time now okay with with okay. our our trademark podcast line trademark billy hearn uh yeah <laughs> uh what i what i say is uh just remember that we're nothing fancy at center point bible church but we strive to be real just like jesus christ is so hopefully we can live that out today you can live that out today as we seek to love on each other and serve God by loving the world. So thanks for thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.